Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. All that positivity that was just oozing out of Chris Carlin about Aaron Rodgers made its way to New York and the New York Jets, increasing their optimism about adding Aaron Rodgers to the mix in the month of March. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can always join in the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can also hit us up on Twitter. My handle at Courtney R. Cronin, and Aaron's is at HammerNation19. So... The latest on Aaron Rodgers is that we are at day 60 of America being held hostage by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that is something that Chris Harlan held hostage. You know, those things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 60. Our guy, Chris Carlin, I believe he came up with that idea. We are being held hostage by Aaron Rodgers. There has been no announcement. We have not heard from him since he came out of the darkness. We are waiting, Aaron Goldhammer, on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. But according to ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini, there is some good news, at least coming down the pipeline, regarding how the Jets feel this whole thing can play out. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what optimism with the Jets means. Is that is that the first time since Joe Namath that there's been optimism <laughs> coming out of the Jets about something? Optimism regarding their chances of landing Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not optimism about the direction of the franchise, even though I think they should be optimistic C- if they Courtney, get the quarterback yeah, I mean, spot look, right. Look, they, they have the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year on the same team. You report for a living. I am a talk show host i am not on your level can you decode what diana is really trying to say in this report like do you think that she knows that he's ultimately going there but she just can't say that yet because it's not done yet do you think she's hearing this from new york like is there any context i know you didn't do the report but i just like from your reporting experience Can you give me a little bit more than the optimist? Because I'm tempted to want to start talking about this story like Aaron Rodgers is already in New York, but it doesn't sound like I can quite do that. What, What do you what do you think? We can't do it yet because we haven't heard from Rodgers. Remember, he went on his darkness retreat. He said before he went that he was going to not prolong this decision, not drag it out. So because we're now at March 9th, free agency starts on Monday, more or less, the legal tampering period, and he has met with Jets officials, feels like things are trending in the direction where we're going to get a decision soon. Okay. And in Diana's reporting saying, quote, there's increasing optimism following the meeting where everybody got on Woody Johnson's private plane, flew out to California with the permission of the Green Bay Packers, because remember, he is still under contract. But they all went there, had a good meeting. They went back, and now we wait. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is – like. 
it feels like it's trending that way, but you nobody can get in his head. Nobody knows how he thinks, the process, the whole thing. He keeps his inner circle very small. He doesn't have a lot of information directly coming from him leaking out about what he wants to do. I feel like most times when it's Aaron when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, it's yeah. what are the Packers thinking about him? Where are the right. Packers stand right. with and, their quarterback? And, and, and that's what, just and not where we're Jets. at right now. And the Jets. Now this is coming from the Jets that they obviously feel good about how their meeting went and I don't know. It seems to me to get permission to meet with Rodgers, to me, that means this is not me reporting this. This is just a supposition. I think that means that the Jets and the Packers have figured out the compensation, right? I mean, whatever they're going to have to trade for Rodgers, that's already been discussed in order to get permission to get on that plane and go to California to have the meeting. So I just I think you're right that every piece of this is done except for Rogers saying, I want to play and I want to play for the Jets. I, I, here's here's, I guess, what I'm the upshot of what I'm saying. Tell me if you agree with this. I think Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay is definitely not going to happen. Uh, and I think that he will either play for the Jets or he will not play at all. Courtney, what do, what do you think of those two ideas? On March 9th, I think that's more realistic than what I felt on March 1st, a week ago, when at the Combine, it seemed like there was some optimism from Green Bay, or at least from the like the perspective that he would end up staying in Green Bay next year and not moving on, that all of this was just kind of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, but now, to let him that meet with the t- Jets, though... That they granted permission because they're ready to move on. You can go Correct. back to Brian Kudagunst's comments Correct. that Jordan Love is ready to start. And frankly, I think they want to get this contract off the books. You bring up a great point, Aaron, about how the compensation of for this whole thing would work. And maybe the optimism li- lies in the fact that, okay, they know that if they want to make this happen, it's not going to hamper their salary cap. The contract that Aaron Rodgers signed last year, the extension, the three-year extension that runs through 2026, yeah. is complicated. I mean, he's under contract right now for through 2024 for $108.8 million. So those right. final two years are right. voided years because they're right. dummy years for cap purposes. Yeah, right. But because the money is prorated, yeah. that means just, that the 59... I just laugh because everything with Rodgers is complicated. So I of just, course. It doesn't but surprise like, me that his contract is one of the weirdest ones. It is because it's a deal that includes $59.5 million guaranteed this season for 2023, $58.3 million of that coming in the form of the option bonus, which they can pay up until the start of the regular season. But because uh-huh. the contract's prorated and all that money is prorated from the signing bonus, that's not going to hurt the Jets' cap situation. So maybe that's the optimism around the Jets thinking, hey, we can pull this deal off. A, this guy wants to come here. B, it's not going to kill us financially. And yeah. C, everyone's on board. Everybody from a Woody Johnson to a Robert Sala to a Joe Douglas to, of course, Nathaniel Hackett. So how do the Jets actually feel? Why don't we hear from Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, who was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. She's been reporting the heck out of this situation. Diana, tell us how the Jets feel after meeting with Rodgers. The best word to describe the way the New York Jets feel about this, which is optimistic, right? So they felt that way, actually, before they even went out to California near Aaron Rodgers' house to meet with him, have dinner. Owner Woody Johnson went along with them. It was his private jet that they flew on. And they felt good before they went to visit with Aaron Rodgers because they've had conversations with him. They've had conversations with the Green Bay Packers as well in terms of the compensation. But from what I was told, it was really important for ownership to just get in front of Aaron and and talk 
and, and just feel him out and see what the situation could evolve into. And I, I was told it went really well. And it was an exceptional meeting. And the Jets returned back to the New York area yesterday. And in the building, just having conversations with people there yesterday, they feel really good that they're going to be able to land the big fish. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer sitting in for the guys. That was Diana Russini on the optimism the Jets feel about their chances to land Aaron Rodgers. Now we know it takes two to tango. We've got to figure out if Aaron Rodgers feels that same way about the New York Jets. But things are trending, Aaron, right now in the right direction. And to add some urgency to all of this for the Jets to get a deal done with Aaron Rodgers, the NFL Network is reporting that the Panthers, the Raiders, the Texans are all likely to engage in conversations with Jimmy Garoppolo, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback who's headed towards free agency in a couple of days. So we will see if this ends up panning out by the time that this show is over this evening before we take you in the ACC tournament here on ESPN Radio. Maybe yep. we'll get some news about Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it'll be tomorrow, but we yep. are at least within it, the it, window in where something's mind, about to happen. Percentage chance we know about Rodgers and the Jets by the time we're done with the show at 6.15 Eastern time. I would say a 30% chance. And the reason I don't go higher than that is because – there still is, there still are four or five days until, well, Monday's when the legal tampering period starts. Like, they can right. try to get this done beforehand. Right. There's I, I always think the some weird like stuff that happens Monday. over the, of yeah. course they would. But there's yeah. always some weird things that happen over the weekend leading into free agency with quarterbacks trying to get deals done. Fortunately, because of the way his contract is structured, it's not like there's a guarantee that kicks in in the next, you know, four days that they have to decide on. Again, that $58.3 million option in the form of a player bonus is something that can be paid out up until the start of the 2023 season. So we're going to keep an eye on this. We're also going to keep an eye on what's going on with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. He has to wait until Wednesday of next week because he is a franchise player. Currently at the moment, the Baltimore Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on him on the day of the deadline, but he's got to wait until Wednesday before he can start engaging with teams about potentially moving away from the Baltimore Ravens and having somebody sign that offer sheet. And straight ahead, I'm going to tell you something that Keyshawn Johnson said regarding Lamar Jackson and the team that I cover, the Chicago Bears, that made absolutely zero sense. We're going to get into that after Aaron Goldhammer tells you this about champions. Well, listen, get get ready for a movie that is in a league of its own, the new comedy champions. Woody Harrelson starring as a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court-ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole lot of attitude. The movie is directed by Bobby Fairley. Dumb and Dumber, there's something about money. You know, uh, Mary, you know the Fairley brothers. So get ready to laugh at a comedy that is nothing but net. Champions only in theaters tomorrow. Rated PG-13. Screenplay by Mark Rizzo. Directed by Bobby Fairley. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. They're saying, all right, we can't find compromise, so you go ahead and see if that deal's out there. And if it is, and you come back to us, you know, maybe we'll match it. Maybe we'll say, you know, you were right, we were wrong, and come back to us and everything will be fine. Whole lot to make sense of here as it pertains to Lamar Jackson and what's next 
for the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer with you on this Thursday afternoon presented by Progressive Insurance. We're two days removed from when the non-exclusive franchise tag was placed on Lamar Jackson, and that's not a tag that's used all that often. $32.4 million where teams have the ability to negotiate with him once the legal tampering period or once the, the once free agency starts because franchise players for those who do not know it's not like Monday comes around and because Lamar Jackson does not have an agent he can start calling teams on his own behalf you can do that behind the scenes but you better not get caught and teams better not get caught calling you but regardless Wednesday's when those conversations can officially happen now the thing that kind of surprised me, I'm sure it surprised you, Aaron, is that the second we hear about Lamar getting the non-exclusive tag, it's Washington's not interested. The Atlanta Falcons are not interested. The Carolina Panthers are not interested. This whole litany of teams that apparently are either leaking re- leaking information to reporters, maybe it's smoke screens, who knows? But sounds like there's no market for Lamar Jackson. I have a very hard time believing any of that to be true because uh. you have a unanimous former MVP and somebody who, when healthy, can play some really darn good football. And, oh, by the way, all those teams that I just mentioned, right. along with the others that are on that list yeah. of the Colts, the Raiders, the Bucks, the Dolphins, whatever, all of them need a quarterback. Yeah, well, listen, having a franchise quarterback is the most valuable thing to have in sports and the hardest thing to find in sports. And some of those teams that you listed, Courtney, haven't had franchise. When was the last time the Washington Commanders really had a franchise quarterback? When was the last time you go back to Dan Marino with the Dolphins, the last time they had a franchise quarterback? I mean, it's bizarre. So to me, listen, Lamar his resume is pretty sterling as a regular season player. We can split hairs about his limited postseason resume, but he's 46 and 19 as a starter on a team that spends no money on offense and all their money on defense. He didn't get to play with Jamar Chase. He didn't get to play with Tyreek Hill. He didn't get to play with Devontae Adams. And he has made chicken salad out of this situation for his Mm -hmm. entire career. So all of the arguments about how injury prone he is or he's really not that good of a quarterback. I think everybody needs to go back and look at the tape and look at the numbers. Uh, Lamar Jackson is probably one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. And I think all these teams that are out on him need to be reminded of just how good he really is. And that's why it doesn't make any sense that there's allegedly no market for Lamar Jackson. Our guy Bill Barnwell ranked the destinations that would make sense from like least, you know, first to worst. Of course, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that right away, Diana Rossini reporting that they would not be interested in trying to get Lamar Jackson to match that offer sheet and give up two first-round picks in the process. Carolina Panthers at number two, the Jets at number three, Colts four. And all the way down at number eight, this one kind of surprised me, the Chicago Bears, a team that Bill Barnwell has listed as not the top destination for Lamar Jackson, but potentially one that could be in the mix. And, of course, my brain's like, I'm pretty sure they have Justin Fields, and I'm pretty sure they're trading that number one pick to try to get more draft capital because they believe in Fields right now. But there was a conversation on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning that you've got to hear about the scenario that was apparently laid out with Lamar somehow getting to the Bears, Justin Fields somehow getting back to the Baltimore Ravens, two very similar quarterbacks in terms of style. Let's hear from Keyshawn Johnson about the scenario that they were talking through. 
in terms of Lamar Jackson to Chicago, what does Chicago? Why would I want to be in Chicago and ain't got nothing? Right, not and at why all. would I? And why would I want to trade for Lamar Jackson? I ain't got nothing. Right. If I'm Ryan Pope, why would I? I yeah, I want him, but why would I pay a guy fifty plus million dollars, two hundred and thirty something guaranteed? I ain't got nothing around him. And especially if you're Lamar <laughs> and Jackson, and we're young, and we're like we're not ready for him yet. Yeah, if he may be twenty six now. You play for the Chicago Bears team the way it is now. You'll be eighty six trying yes. to play behind those guys. Yeah, so it doesn't make it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense if. Well, it doesn't make sense, and I know why they were discussing it, because it's a team that there has not been a clear cut. This is not happening. Uh, Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. Like They have not doubled down on that and said he's our guy no matter what. But what Keyshawn was saying with, like, you know, Lamar Jackson going there, I mean, you have the same quarterback, more or less, in Justin Fields. Maybe, well, maybe well, a higher ceiling quarterback. Well, uh, maybe a higher ceiling yeah, quarterback. Courtney, Courtney, no. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I mean, all Lamar do- has done – uh, is win as a quarterback. I mean, he he has proven like he can take his team down with two minutes to go in the game for the game-winning field goal, the game-winning moment. Like I I think trying to compare Lamar and Justin Fields, I, I think those are. I'm not saying Justin Fields doesn't have potential. I think Lamar is in another stratosphere than Justin Fields as a proven. He's won an MVP, but same he's style of quarterback. So, so like, why sti- would you same style? But like, I would love I, to. I would love to know how that conversation came up because the Bears have made no inclination about trading Justin Fields and trying to bring somebody else in. It was. It would only be for them to use that top pick that they have on a quarterback, not try to find another quarterback in the NFL currently playing to replace Fields with. Like that That's the part, to me, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense, especially when you're replacing him with someone who has yeah. almost an identical skill set for what we've seen for, from two seasons of Justin Fields yeah. right now. Uh, to me, it feels, Courtney, like uh, Lamar is getting picked on, doesn't it? I mean, it, I... I think that I mean we have we have heard the conversations about potential collusion that has happened between owners and it's not just what was brought up this week this dates back to a meeting that happened in Minneapolis last August where the NFLPA accused the NFL owners of colluding against the likes of Lamar Jackson, basically because they don't want to give these fully guaranteed contracts. And now it feels like that's where we're at because of all these teams that are apparently saying we don't want anything to do with them, thus pointing to there is no market for Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's true. I don't think that you think that's true either. But we want to know from you, is there a team with an established starter that would consider trading – for Lamar Jackson, maybe a swap, maybe a pick swap. Who knows? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Where is the best landing spot for Lamar Jackson? Give us your best offers, and we will get to them next here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. 
Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Some good news on Luka Doncic, some uncertainty about Kevin Durant and a potential third surgery needed for Lonzo Ball. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Aaron Goldhammer, sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon, presented by Progressive Insurance. So we start with the positive. After Wednesday night, Luka Doncic exiting in the third quarter of the Dallas loss to the New Orleans Pelicans, 113-106. Right. Luka, after the game replying not good when asked about his thigh, Aaron. But today, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, after having an MRI on his thigh, Luka Doncic's MRI is, quote, clean, and he is expected to return as soon as discomfort goes away and before he's able to play. Fortunately, he'll have some time because Dallas is off until Saturday when yeah. they play the Grizzlies. But seems like they caught a nice break at the right time considering they're eighth right now in a very crowded Western Conference, 15 right. games left. Every win's important. Well, Courtney, I don't know that this is a great break for them in the sense that it feels like this is something that's going to linger for a while. You know, I- I'm I'm no thigh expert, but, You're not encouraged by the clean thigh MRI <laughs> news that we just I, got from Woj? I would like to report that my thigh is dirty. Um, I think this, Courtney, like, th- they kind of need him to take some time off. The problem is he they can't, can't afford take that. time off because they're going to end up the, – the, the goal for Dallas here is to avoid the play-in tournament. I, I don't know that they're going to be able to do that without Luka at 100%. Let's also say that with Luka and Kyrie together, the Mavericks haven't just been bad. They've been kind of terrible with those two guys playing together. So I think there's actually more urgency in Dallas than they're sort of letting on here. And I think Luka's going to have to play through this injury if they're going to avoid these win and in scenarios. Can you imagine they swing that trade for Kyrie, give up those assets, they lose in the play-in tournament, and then Kyrie ends up leaving to go to the Lakers. Like, there's a lot on the line here right now for the Mavericks. Yeah, I think you're right. They cannot afford to have him sit out one or two games, even though rest might be the best thing for Luka Doncic at this point. But what we do know is that this is not anything new. Jason Kidd had been talking about the fact that Luka had not been moving well the last couple of days. And this is something that they were hoping would not be serious. And Luka said it went it dated back to the, you know, right after the All-Star break. This is an issue he has apparently been dealing with for a while. And he told reporters following the injury last night that this is a lingering issue it's not good uh, I mean it's been going for one week maybe more uh, I just can't really push all that like just giving my breathing you know running uh, I can feel it uh, but mostly uh, probably on the jump shots you know because we need both legs so pushing off it's been really hard for me 
Okay, well, this is the guy that is everything to Dallas on offense, and it sounds like it's affecting everything he does on offense, being able to push off his thigh, to be able to move when he, you know, has when he executes his move for his jump shot. That's not a great sign. I guess the only good sign is that the MRI comes back today and there's no noticeable damage, but right, discomfort's right. an interesting thing where is, he, is this going to be a pain tolerance thing, a pain management thing? And if you are playing through pain, what version of Luke are you getting? Uh, Courtney, let me just say, I don't think Dallas is going anywhere this year. They don't play defense. They're kind of a two-man team. The Kyrie thing is kind of hanging over them, and now Luka's not 100% healthy. I'm not sure not they're one. I'm not sure they're one of the six best teams. Like, I'll give you an example. I'm sure that everybody, if they played Sacramento in the first round, would take the Mavericks because they have the stars. But I'm telling you, I would probably take Sacramento to win that series. Uh, I don't think the Mavericks are particularly well coached. I don't think they do a lot of the things you have to do to win in the postseason. I think a lot of their identity from last year, when they were tough enough, remember, to win a couple of playoff games without Luka Doncic, even in the lineup, and to come back from a big deficit against the Suns, down three games to two, smash them in game seven, go to the conference finals. I just sense no life in this team right now whatsoever. And if I could short their stock right now, I would. Speaking of the Suns, we do have an update from head coach Monty Williams. You remember last night in warm-ups, Kevin Durant going up for a layup and awkwardly landing on his ankle, twisting it pregame. There's a fear within the Phoenix Suns organization that we may not see him for the rest of the regular season. He just got there. So, of course, this news is a giant anvil on all of the fans' hopes to be able to see Kevin Durant put the rest of the season together coming off the knee injury that he had in January. But now we wait to find out more about this inf- about this injury and what that information means for this Suns team in a very crowded Western Conference. So let's hear from Monty Williams on Kevin Durant twisting his ankle pregame. He's out there working his tail off, getting ready for the game, and he twists his ankle. So, I mean, you can't get frustrated about that. It's just, it's life. I feel bad for him because he feels bad. He feels like, you know, I saw his face and I've, I've been around him so many times. I, I know what he's feeling. I don't want him feeling that way at all. Our group has adapted to a number of things all year long from the summer until now. And um, this is no different. So we'll do our best to get him healthy and get him back out there on the floor. Just seeing the injury, the video of it, of him going up for a layup and then awkwardly slipping and trying to catch himself on the floor. I'm just like, why? That's like, that's what comes out of me when I see this with Kevin Durant, because this is a team that wanted him so badly, even when he was inactive because of the MCL injury he was dealing with in early January. They said, no matter what, we want you. We know the injury history. As great of a player as Kevin Durant is, you're... (laughs) You know, you're, you're you're acquiring him not for the rest of this regular season, but to make a run towards the NBA Finals. You sure. brought him in to win a title. Sure. And it's just like, you know, when he's healthy, he's a top five player in the NBA, but that's the big question mark. Can he stay healthy? If this is any indication, we're probably not going to see him until April. Well, talk about a fluky injury. I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen a guy in, injure himself like that in basically the pregame layup line. Uh, which is what happened last night. When you look at it, when you slow it down, I mean, his ankle really does turn awkwardly. And there is some fear, according to reports, I know the Arizona Republic had this, although ESPN is not reporting it yet, 
that there is concern within the Suns organization that he might not be able to return, as you said, Courtney, for the remainder of the regular season. And I put the Suns in a similar bucket with with Dallas. Um, I just don't know. I've been watching basketball my whole life, throwing guys into the lineup right before the playoffs and expecting that the team's going to come together and everybody's going to know their role. And do I think they could win a playoff series? Yes. Do I think that everybody is overlooking? Look, here, first of all, Denver is really good. Okay. And they need to be talked about more as a legitimate threat, not just to win the West, but to win the title. But the team that I think is going to win the West, Courtney, is that stupid team in Oakland that you covered back in the day. Because all they do is get their guys back healthy. They've played together the forever. Right and they're getting connected and, and hooked up and playing better at the right time. And I, I don't – Golden State's the team I don't think any of these teams that are dealing with all of these injury problems want to see. The, the other thing I wanted to get in about this – you know, the NBA players will tell you all the time, we're staying healthier, load management, fans deal with it. All that we care about is being healthy for the playoffs. I mean, look at the list of stars right now that are injured in the NBA, from Zion Williamson to LeBron James to Kevin Durant. These are the biggest players in the game. Despite load management, all of them are out at the most important time of the season. So I, I don't know that I can blame load management for that, but I just it feels to me like load management isn't working when you look at the sheer volume of injuries to star players across the landscape of the league. It's unfortunate because this is such a freak thing. Like if we could say that load management would help from, you know, the wear and tear and those sorts of injuries. And you can point to a shrinkage in the number of injuries at this point of the season when guys are getting ready towards to get ready towards playoffs. That that'd be one thing. But this is something that happened in pregame warmups. It didn't even happen in the game. Fortunately, the Achilles injury he sustained in the playoff series against the Raptors back in 2019, that was his right ankle. This one looks like it was his left ankle. That's what they ruled him out with last night ahead of the game. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign that it's not the same area that he injured before, but certainly something to keep an eye on as we wait to see the severity of this and just how long it's going to keep Kevin Durant out. Straight ahead, we will get to another concerning injury in the Eastern Conference. Plus, Fred Van Vliet, he went off. This is Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Candy and Carlin, the podcast. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. No Canty, no Carlin, but you've got Courtney Cronin and Aaron Goldhammer on this yes. Thursday afternoon. 
And some really bad news out of my hometown with the Chicago Bulls. Guard Lonzo Ball likely to need a third surgical procedure on his left knee, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Right. It's awful, Aaron. Like, I remember last year when I had just gotten back to the city from Minneapolis, the hope and the optimism around the Chicago Bulls that Lonzo would be able to start running again and to be able to rehab this injury that he sustained January 14th, 2022. He gets he got shut down for the remainder of that season when they go to the playoffs, they lose in the first round to the Bucks. Yeah. And we haven't seen him. Like the only places I've seen Lonzo Ball have been out in restaurants in Chicago because he's not playing basketball. And now oh. we find out that he might have another setback in his in his process of trying to get back onto the court where the pain has been just awful and troublesome in his knee for the last 14 months. Like this, this, this stinks. He was the former number two overall pick. Right. He like, is he going to play again? That's the I, question that I have. I, if you have to have three procedures and you've been out of basketball for more for than a year. year, for more than a year. Right. And you know, what's amazing about this injury is that I think originally Courtney, if I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to be like a two or three week deal supposed to be a cleanup and then he kept having setback after setback after setback and it just goes to show you you know the the thing that can dictate a career more than anything else is just whether or not the player can stay healthy because what's wild here is that Lonzo had finally gotten to a team where he really liked the situation that he was in you know he had bounced around a little bit the Lakers situation wasn't a great spot for him and you know, finally he gets to uh, to to a place where it feels like something's really growing, and he has a good coach, and he's sort of finding his footing as an NBA player in a situation that I imagine for him was really difficult. I mean, imagine you know you're you're coming to the league, your dad is more famous than you are, and he's doing interviews a million different places. He's trying to get a shoe line started with your name. For this to be how his career is ending up is really disappointing. And he, he was just, I felt like he was just finding his way into the kind of player that he was supposed to be when he got tripped up with all of this. So, you know, if you're the Bulls now, shut him down, really get him back to full health before you push him to get back on the court. It's unfortunate, and I just hope that his career isn't over. He's 25 years old. We never even got to see what he looks like in his prime. The Bulls have struggled. They're 30 and 36, 11th in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they made the trade for Pat, Patrick Beverly. That was kind of fruitless because it was just you know very boomer bust early on. And now, this is news that it's just another setback to a situation that has had zero clarity to it for the last 14 months. Yep. Really unfortunate for Lonzo Ball. I, I just hope that he's able to play again. I hope this isn't like the, the last thing that like ends up forcing him into retirement. Yeah. The, the other piece of this is that the Bulls are a mess. You know, they, they made these moves and it looked good at the beginning of last season. They did end up and they made the no moves at the trade deadline. Nothing so, to offload all these expensive contracts. in Vooch, uh, you know, it, the, the pieces that they've put together here, none of them are really like young up and coming. Like, I, I think it's about time for them to think about maybe tearing this version of themselves down and starting over and rebuilding. Um, because now at this point also, because of the Vooch trade, they don't control a lot of their draft either. So it's a team that, despite their illustrious history, you know, if you're a Bulls fan, just go back and watch the last dance again. I think that's the best advice I can give you. 
It's unfortunate they had the chance to start tearing this down and to start siphoning off some of their assets at the trade deadline. They did not do that. I'm with you. I think they're headed towards doing that during the offseason, and that comes a year after giving Zach Levine the max deal that he would have gotten somewhere else. I don't want to say that that was probably not going to happen in Chicago, but the writing was on the wall. The writing's been on the wall, but unfortunately for Lonzo Ball, it looks like he is headed back to surgery, a third procedure, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, on that troublesome left knee injury that he has been dealing with for more than a year. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. So last night, Toronto Raptors point guard Fred Van Vliet went off on an official in the Raptors 108-100 loss to the L.A. Clippers. I just, I'm prefacing it with this. He went off. You have to hear what Fred Van Vliet said. Losing his mind on a referee in the postgame news conference, likely to receive a hefty fine for saying this. I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple other, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just the game up. Tonight you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter I get a tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. Fred Van Vliet, eight technicals this season. That third quarter one was his eighth. So what happened was the Raptors were called for 23 fouls. The Clippers were called for 18. L.A. had 31 free throw attempts, though, compared to 14 for Toronto. So when Van Vliet was whistled for that technical foul by Ben Taylor with 7.02 remaining in the third quarter, the Clippers were up seven. At the time, they go on to win that game. The Raptors lose. Hey, he said the quiet part out loud. I cannot fault him for that. I know it's going to be a very hefty fine, but thank goodness someone said it. I know we've all been feeling that for a while, Aaron, and there's always one or two officials that you just have an ax to grind with, Ben Taylor being that guy for Fred Van Vliet. Straight ahead, best destinations for Lamar Jackson. We get into those next, Kenny and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.